0: I really hoped uh, that the day I got introduced here as the athletic director that I'd never have to be doing this. Um, we really, I, I really thought that I could work with Scott, and uh, that's what everybody wanted. So we'll, we'll do the right things. We'll do the best that we can. Uh, every decision we make here, whether it's right or wrong, we'll learn later. But they are always done with what we think is in the best long-term interest of the University of Nebraska and our athletic department, and this place, Will always be bigger than any one person. And that is the way it has to be. I mean, every single job in college football has challenges. This job has advantages to other jobs, and it has some disadvantages. It's the same thing with every job in college football. We have 1.8 million people in this state. That's not going to change. But we got some built in advantages here. So we need to play to our strengths and build on those, right? And so the right kind of coach, I think, sees this as an opportunity um, to rebuild and build something special here. Uh, Mostly, I just want to salute Scott. And, uh, you know, he'll always be a Husker. And he's from the great state of Nebraska and always be welcome here. And and, uh, we want to support him in that role.
1: Welcome to the Go Big Redcast with Dave, Honky, Boomer, and Redcast Rob.
2: Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with
3: Honky. Uh, Friday night, we had a, a live show at Hill Varsity Club. Yesterday, uh, the pregame and the postgame shows you guys did with the press passes. And now tonight, I really want to stop talking to you guys every night. As much as I love you, I'm done. Let's let's not have any more shows for a while after this, right? Crazy day. So we get tomorrow night
2: off, a Honk, is that Okay.
3: Oh, yeah, I guess we have tomorrow night's Oklahoma show. But that's uh, after that, we're taking a couple of days off. Crazy weekend.
2: Uh, all right. Also, a Boomer.
3: Yeah, if you'd
4: uh, asked me to lay money on which week we'd have done the most shows for for the season, Georgia's Southern Week would not have been it. So, yeah, that was not on my radar, no.
2: No, not at all. Also, with Redcast, Rob.
4: Well, it's
1: amazing to me. You know, nobody ever wants to talk to me about this show especially not my friends that are not Nebraska fans. But all of a sudden, my phone seems to be lighting up like crazy. And everybody's a a professional Nebraska critic now. So thanks to all my friends and family for their opinions. But let me let you tell you one thing. I really don't give a shit.
2: Okay, well, I'd like to actually hear what some of those opinions are. I'd be curious. I feel like uh, I listened to a lot of sports radio today ever since the announcement came out uh listened to the guys on 1620 the zone for a while listened to the press conference live that was also carried on Sirius XM I listened to that bunch of podcasts that already came out so I'd love to hear what you guys have heard um but honky I mean we we talked about this last night and we didn't want to talk about it last night so we kind of just let it lie there but it did feel like after the game that um you know Rob you mentioned that you know some folks it sounded a little bit like apathy i think boomer said resignation the word that came to me today was closure in the sense that i think people and i heard this from a few others on those shows especially the local ones that even the most um ardent frost supporters after last last night's loss were like something needs to change right and i think people were there was closure that it was inevitable at that point and now it was a matter of timing so you know that maybe a little quicker than they expected though right, Rob? Yeah, and that that was me. I was raising my hand because that was that
1: was me. I mean, last night I just I hate to say that I gave up, but I I don't know how else to put it. I like I watched that game, and I just thought, you know, it's it it just always felt like it was something like you know. And, and I think we kind of discussed it privately a little bit about just how often he gets out coached and he uses that excuse. And it's like, well, at one point or another, we just have to, I guess to use boomers just resign to the fact that i mean it is what it is and i think right now at this moment right right at this moment we are exactly where he deserves to be and where we should be as a program and i think that we're just going to have to move forward from that does that make sense i i mean i don't know how else to put it i've thought tried to think about it a lot i just had a nice six over six hour drive home from Lincoln today. <laughs> that's
2: and, that's right, right. And I had yeah, a lot of time to
1: talk about it. And I had a lot of like my wife going like, are you okay? Are, are you doing okay? And, you know, um, I mean, I have an anecdote to share. I don't know, you know, when I can do that. But just, you know, how this is like affecting people in general, like from the human perspective. Right? Yeah,
2: it impacts a huge amount of people. Absolutely, Robin. I mean, I'm sure there'll be time and space to do that. I think we're probably more focused on not even really the the why of this because we've been no we know been, why <laughs> yeah yeah exactly we've been talking about that for the last couple of years almost right it's just a matter of you know how how do we now move forward in the short term and the long term so honky I mean maybe talk a little bit more about what what Trev said um in his press release and then ultimately in the press conference um obviously I uh, had had a chance he he talked to Scott Frost directly uh, they went and um, went down to the the team Scott had time to speak to the players um, alone, uh, and then Mickey Joseph, who has been uh, appointed the interim head coach, uh, then addressed the team, and um, yeah, they're, they're moving forward, right? They've got a game on Saturday. Yeah. <clears throat>
3: well, let's uh, start off with, uh, I guess, the, the main tweet here, and this was the uh, official statement, and it says, earlier today I met with Coach Frost, informed him we were making a change in the leadership of our football program, effective immediately, Scott has poured his heart and soul into the Nebraska program, both as quarterback and head coach, and I appreciate his work and dedication. After the disappointing start to the season, I decided the best path forward for our program was to make a change in our head coaching position. Associate head coach Mickey Joseph will serve as an interim head coach for the remainder of the 2022 season. That's Trev Alberts. And, you know, he made multiple uh, points during the press conference. We have a couple of videos. We've already shown a couple, and we'll show some more as as we go on, um, that – he definitely wanted to make a point to show support and and do it in a classy way with frost for not that frost doesn't deserve it. In fact, I want to show this first video, maybe as, as a beginning, this is an accountability um, video, but um, the change needed to be made, but this is still, you know, a native son, a, a former Husker, a Husker great. And uh, so that was, I think that's been the challenge that a lot of people have dealt with the people that are the pro frost side are the ones I've been saying, you know, get ruined for quite a while. So this
0: is a, fr- a Trev from today. I think at the end of the day, there has to be accountability. When you run a professional organization that um, has high standards, accountability has to matter. And you know, Scott and I talked about this very clearly. 16 and 31, obviously, was it was not at a level that um, was acceptable to us. So, you know, he
3: referenced that. Number a couple times today, sixteen, thirty-one. Uh, to me, this doesn't validate. Today doesn't validate anyone's opinion. If, if the people that are like, "Oh, he should have been gone at the end of last year," no, nah, that doesn't validate it to me either. Because we're going to get probably into a little bit of discussions about. I've already seen all the the uh, Twitter and talk about. You know, who would want to come to Nebraska? Well, I think one of the reasons that I would put on the list beyond all the other ones, the money and all the stuff that you can make. One of the reasons would be that there's a supportive athletic director here and firing him last year, you know, that ne- doesn't necessarily benefit you either. He has shown um, patience with coaches and that's going to be something that's going to be attractive as we're trying to hire the next person who we hire um, is, it'll be interesting that he talked a lot about the national search. So go on, but he also didn't, you know, uh, exclude Mickey from that depending on what happens these last nine games, he kept referencing. There's nine more games. This, the season is early. And, you know, we want to do the reason we made this move today is in the best interest of our players or seniors and all that to, to try to to breathe some life into this uh, into this season still for this team.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I I think in an indirect way, then it's also best for the fan base, uh, you know, in the sense that, that we need to move on. It was felt inevitable after yeah. last night and just to drag that out over even three more weeks um, would probably be counterproductive on multiple levels. One being that we're on national TV next week and this um, looming um, potential firing is hanging over um, the big noon kickoff against Oklahoma. Uh, wasn't going to be a good look, um, but even more so uh, hockey, you talked about this this morning with me, I think was the, uh, the home sellout streak. Right. And um, I think you know, having this, out there for several more weeks uh, wasn't going to help the ability to potentially save that sellout streak and, and potentially uh, to his point about the players um, try to win some games. Right. I I do Mm -hmm. think we have some serious issues on defense. We saw that last night, Um, but there's very different offenses in the big 10 than what we saw last night versus Georgia Southern and could be some very different games played. Rob. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just want to back up a little bit to, to honky talking about why, um, a coach would want to come here. And my perspective on it, oh, we'll, is we'll get is there, one. Rob. That's the well, rest. Okay. Well, well hockey had talked
2: about it a little <laughs> we're bit. We're definitely yeah. so. talking about that. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I mean,
3: October yeah. 1st, the October 1st date that you mentioned, Dave, I mean, there's two big things happening there. One of them would have been that they would have, you know, lessened some of the contract and for us or Albert said it today, he goes, you know, we are the university of Nebraska. We stand by what our contracts say we're going to pay the full amount and, someone asked him about boosters and he kind of he was like i'm not gonna get into any boosters you know if, if someone's helping to pay that that's beyond the point that's But like say
2: maybe yeah yeah sure, yeah maybe. probably
3: but <laughs> october 1st is an important date for a couple of reasons and one of them is the 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 contract part but the other part is that's when we play indiana that's the first game that is not sold out still on this schedule uh it's homecoming which would just be uh you know, to me, that, that that would be heartbreaking to see the the sellout streak end on homecoming of all things. And you know, they're doing things. You saw it last night, and and they've been having different kinds of uh, marketing uh things going where uh, you can buy all four Big Ten games. Yeah, Illinois, yeah, Indiana, so, yep. uh, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. You can get those four games for two hundred dollars total, fifty bucks a game. They're trying to trying to get those last few thousand sold for those, and hopefully, something like this today too can breathe a little bit of life into the, the fan base with a little bit more excitement uh, after a, just a really bad start here.
2: Yeah, you know, Anki, I think that's a good point. I mean, now you have a little bit of curiosity of what can Mickey Joseph and the staff and the players, can they rally around a little bit and um, see if they can save some portion of the season and, and maybe pull off an upset or two and and have a little bit of joy out of the season. Boomer, um, you know, Trev alluded to Mickey doing some maybe some – minor um, structural changes, uh, some differences. What do you think maybe those could be? What do you think he's alluding to there?
4: Yeah, I was curious about that myself. I don't know. Is he referring to like game day routines that they're going to change? Or is this more stuff yeah. in practice in the regular you... season? I, I don't know because I wondered about yeah. that. Let um,
3: me play this for you, Boomer, yeah. and then get your thoughts on it.
0: You know, I think he has an infectious personality. I think that's important. Um, you know, he's he's been some places. So I think that benefits him. I think he has some different feelings about structure and approach and how he'll handle practice and some different things. Um, So there will be some immediate fairly significant changes into his approach. And uh, he had a very poignant conversation with the team today uh, that I thought they took very well. And um, at the same time, I think, like Scott, Mickey will, will love them and seek to serve them.
4: Okay. Well, there's some of it. So yeah, it does sound (laughs) like it might be, you know, very practice oriented and it would be, it'll be interesting to see if we, you know, hear more about that on, I think, is he doing a Tuesday press conference? Mickey, I think is what I heard. So he'll be available on, on Tuesday for it. So I do want to see what he'll, what he'll say about that. I I, I can't imagine he's going to go into, you know, tons of detail on it, but yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see if, you know, what kind of impacts you can have. I mean, we're already a quarter of the way through the season. I mean, can you make huge structural changes and expect instant payoffs now at this point. I don't know, but it'll be interesting. So, and then, you know, we'd mentioned the game day stuff that had been the controversy to start this season is how do you, you know, who's calling the offensive plays? Does it go back to Whipple being the primary offensive right now at this point? I I don't know. So there's a lot of things to figure out yet.
3: He did reference that where like last night, as you mentioned, Dave, we, during our rapid reaction of the game last night, we didn't get deep into should Frost or not be fired because it just, to, to us, that wasn't a point. There wasn't a lot of point to that conversation at that instant last night. We got done, we hung it up, and we, we had our post chat. And we're like, yeah, I mean, it's going to happen probably today now. And then the the next thing was, you know, who would you go to? And one of the one of the things we talked about, is it Whipple or is it is it Joseph? We kind of thought maybe Whipple could get it. He had previous head coaching experience, right. but, um, also, you know, with Joseph, does that put him in a bad spot as a head coach? If he doesn't do well or, you know, whatever, like, would we still want to retain sure. him? But, yeah. um, but what Trev mentioned today was that with Mickey or with Whipple, Whipple's the the, the play caller and, and he needs to be focused right now on calling plays and creating game plans and all that. And, and Mickey is already, you know, now as the head coach today, he's already realizing, What is all entails with that? Hey, we're playing Oklahoma on uh, Saturday, you've got media that you're going to be dealing with all those things that that come with being a head coach. uh, That's what our associate head coach is now dealing with, uh, as he's gotten the the interim promotion, and Whipple will be the he's the OC and he is in charge of the offense.
2: Yeah, no confusion. Yep. And, you know, I mean, funny thing, Mickey's been through this before, I would imagine, right, Boomer? Because he would have been on Ed Orgeron's staff at LSU when he got let go halfway through the season. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? So I don't know who was the interim head coach there, but he, there's quite a few lessons learned potentially there from that experience, uh, just how to keep a team together um, through this type of, uh, uh, you know, change. So I think that's, that's interesting. And I, I was reassured to how Trev... Sounds like you know him and Mickey are on the same page. Um, you know, I think you know he said that Mickey you know could be an option as a, as the head coach, but it didn't seem like that was something that was first and foremost. He he really started the press conference off about the national coaching search, and I also really liked um, that that approach um, that he mentioned that he'll be talking to a lot of people and that there's going to be rumors and innuendo flying about. And that doesn't mean I'm hiring somebody or asking someone to, to take the position just because I'm talking to them. So he set himself up with a lot of leeway there actually. So I think that's, mm-hmm. that's good. Well, and he was saying it to the right
1: people too. I mean, it's a room mm-hmm. full of the people He's- that will be starting those rumors. So. well, you that, and
2: fans. He was talking to the fans too, because the fans are yeah, oh, the I mean, ones that listen to it and then run with it.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I mean, I think it, I agree. Yeah, I just, I just thought it was really funny because, it, in a, in a way, it almost felt like a dig. Like, hey, guys, you've already started these rumors. Like with this whole, I, I don't even want to say the name, certain coach
3: that's out there.
2: And no, the Dan Patrick you know, rumor.
3: Yeah, and it's
2: like. Well. Yeah.
3: L- Lars Anderson uh, this afternoon, he was already tweeting out that, you know, his contact is, was telling him it's Matt Campbell. Right. And it's literally, you know, just hours after Travis saying they saying we yeah. haven't talked to a search firm yet. We, you know, this is just starting now. Um, but he also was like, yeah, of course I have a, you know, I have my list of coaches that I admire out there. And you know, he, yeah, he's not going into this completely, you know, with nobody on a list. But at the same token, he's bought himself some time. In fact, I want to talk a little bit about the, the benefits of the timing that he did here. I'll show I'll show something from it. But he's giving himself a little bit of time here. Maybe Mickey can get something turned around. If he does, he can become a serious contender as well for this. But if he doesn't, he's got himself some time here. And there's some benefits that come with that.
0: Well, I, I do think there's some benefits in terms of making the decision when we've made it. Uh, I think this gives us an opportunity to really you know, do the necessary work. We need to dive into a real process and a detail-oriented process that talks to a lot of people. That's why I mentioned earlier, you're gonna hear about a lot of names, that's good. That means we're gonna talk to a lot of people uh, because we're gonna clearly define what our values are and we're not gonna hire coaches who don't believe in what we believe in, Sam. And so we need to take as long as it takes to find the right leader Um, So is there an ideal timeline? Sure. I mean, you could naturally look at some of these timelines, early signing date, and say it would be really nice to be able to get the person in place by then because it would allow us to do that. But we won't make decisions or rush things uh, just to get a coach hired. Uh, We're also not going to try to win the press conference. All right? At the end of the day, we need to hire the right leader and the right fit, and that's a really important thing here as well. I can't tell you how much I appreciate how Trev
3: handles this from the calm and the the leadership that, that he brings to it. But uh he also he doesn't seem like somebody that jumps on, you know, we're not gonna win the press conference. This isn't gonna be about the the, cool. the, the big words. And that's some of the stuff that hurt Frostfront right from the start. Um, being kind of brash at the beginning. Um, I've heard a lot today already about you know who's the home run hire. And to be honest with you, I don't even want to hear I don't ever want to hear home run again. Home run, I actually I think it's well, when baseball it does,
4: season comes around.
3: Yeah. Well, that's different. <laughs> but I'm n- number one, there's not a home run hire because Scott Frost was the home run hire. He was the can't miss. You had to get grand him. slam. I
1: there's mean, no even, way.
3: There's Trump no way you could do that. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, there's a lot of great names out there. I mean, oh, my gosh, we talked about Leopold and we talked about Matt Campbell and Luke Fickle and you can go down the list. There's all kinds of names. There's no shortage of names. Nobody's a home run hit right now. And I don't even care if there, if there was that, I almost think it does a disservice because it's like, then it becomes, no, you can't talk to anybody else. You've got to get this one guy. Nope. I want this to be completely open right now and open as far as it can be Mickey Joseph. If if Joseph turns this thing around, we finish seven and two, eight and one down the stretch. I mean, do something that nobody is thinking. Right. But if he does something like that, he works himself into the mix. That doesn't happen. I want plenty of other guys that are going to be involved with this too. They can be people that have Husker connections. They can be people that have absolutely no connections here. They can be run the ball. They can be pass the ball. Um, Trev did mention this. I'll show this, and then, uh, and then we'll, we can keep talking. But um, he was asked about the ceiling, and then he also uh, – you get a little bit of a glimpse into what he wants, at, at the very least, at
0: a very high level, and I think this was interesting. I well, won't we'll get into specific, you know, ceilings or where to go. Listen, I, we've said all along, I, I just love to see this team continue to grow, compete, make progress – have a team that represents the values of Nebraskans, be tough, win a line of scrimmage, do the fundamental things that teams need to do to win games. And, uh, and I think we can get there. You know, we, We'll stop talking about championships or stop talking about things we used to do. We'll just get really process-oriented, detail-oriented, and, and ultimately when you start doing those fundamental championship habits type things as I think about them, uh, those types of wins and things follow. But we need to stop focusing on that. We need to stop fo- start focusing on those small fundamental things that ultimately lead to those types of things. And so those are the things we'll do. I'll take a tough team that wins the line of scrimmage, that, uh,
3: you know, the fundamental things to win games that are process you know, oriented. The process I, I take, thing
2: was very interesting there. Yeah.
3: I would take that right now. And that's, not, again, we didn't talk about is that under center, is that in the shotgun, is that option football, is it? We didn't get into that. It's just if you're not tough, if you're not winning the line of scrimmage. I mean, Dave, you were in the press box last night, you and Boomer. You know, that's a team we haven't won the line of scrimmage for three straight games
2: against inferior opponents. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. obviously talent they wise. weren't that inferior. Well, talent, let's just say talent wise, right? Talent wise. Look, okay. at, look at yeah. yeah. yeah, the Yeah. I just
1: right. don't want to diminish what, what the other teams did. I mean, I. Yeah. I, no, I, I understand, yeah, Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I, I, yeah. I get it there. But I mean, like, that's that's a fundamental problem. With where we're at right now is that just from a talent perspective, there is no way that Georgia Southern should have been able to do what they did last night. It just should not have happened, and it did, and it's happened way too often—31 times essentially. Very few of those 31 losses were against teams that had a marketed talent advantage over us. That includes Mm -hmm. most of the Big Ten West games that we have lost over and over again. Almost all of them, I would guess, actually. Uh, So, you know, Rob, you were wanting to get to, um, you know, this thought that you know the question of like why would a coach want to come to nebraska at this point and um and that there's these uh, negative attitudes that it's it's too big of a ship to to turn um what do you want to say about that
1: well i think it's way more simpler than money or you know facilities and everything some of the biggest egos that exist in this world are head football coaches and guys that, and can, and I am telling you that there are probably a hundred guys out there that of course, given money as well, but that would want to come to Nebraska and be that guy that turned this program around to possibly be as good as, it was right. And if you're that guy, I mean, and you get that claim to fame, that's a that's a huge ego boost boost. And and I think that it can, it could be just as simple as that. That's that would be my number one reason. Like, why wouldn't someone want to come here and be the guy to turn this program back around?
2: Same yeah, thing. no, you're right. I mean, I think head coaches. Uh, especially football coaches at this level do have huge egos. Um, and they all, I mean, they, they should, because I mean, if you didn't or you're not confident that you could get a job done, you're not going to take the job. I'm sure yeah. Scott Frost was confident though as well. And it takes more than that to, to I, point.
1: And I've seen comments too. people going, Oh, bring in like some, there was like a couple of high school coaches in Nebraska, like bring them. And I'm going, first of all, let me tell you, living right down the street from Northern Colorado, bringing in a high school coach, regardless of what their resume looks like and Ed McCaffrey. Yeah, sure. Like, no, sure. you don't bring high school coaches do not work in college programs. Let me tell you, I'm watching one. Yeah. The last, right the last the one that probably you know. did it with
2: Gus Malzahn like 20 years ago or something like that. So, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I think the Boomer, I mean, you've, you've hit on this quite a bit. I mean, this is not a job you learn how to become a head coach. That's right. And so I think, you know, if you we're looking to build the perfect resume, we're, we're, we're looking for a coach that has had experience winning, hopefully at multiple levels almost.
4: Yeah, it's, it's, we discussed this last night. I've said it before. When it comes to head coaching, this is not a great place to try to learn to be a top flight head coach or at least, even to you know, kind of cut your teeth at being a head coach. Nebraska is a tough place to do that. There's a lot of things you got to do just to, to win here. We know that, and the Big Ten is a super challenging conference to do that in as well. And there's a lot of great coaching staffs in this conference, and you know, like Frost even said yesterday, even against Georgia Southern's of the world, they can have good coaching staffs. And how he said they got out schemed in various places. It's really hard to. Try to learn on the fly while you have to handle all the other roles and duties of a head coach if you've never done it before. And it can wear lots of people down. And I think we've seen it happen, you know, with, with you know, staffs here that either weren't head coaches before or haven't had a huge, you know, tenure as a head coach in various things. And, you know, you kind of look around at the, the conference, you know, people say, you know, who's who would come here? You know, this program is a dumpster fire. Well, you know, I've seen Illinois and Minnesota in the last five or six yeah. years hire head coaches that were successful. And, and they were just smoldering wrecks, you know, for decades
3: yeah. you know, yeah. it, it can't be done. I mean, it, well, what, it's so, who doesn't take over dumpster fires? The, so, reason, exactly. you, yeah. the reason you yeah. fire somebody, you know, Bob Stoops took over a dumpster fire at Oklahoma. For high and, expectations. Yeah. And, um, but you know, that I remember when Osborne fired Callahan, he was asked a question about, you know, how tough is it going to be, you know, for you to hire a new guy? You know, you guys had just fired somebody four years ago and he goes, He goes, it could be tough. He goes, it's probably tougher after you fire someone at nine and three than at four and eight or five and seven, whatever. Um, Again, I'll go back to the people that said that this should have happened last year. For those people right now, I would say that Trev showing patience with his coaches should prove to be beneficial when it comes to hiring the next coach. Now, when that next coach is coming in here and going, I know you have Big Ten money, that's good. I mean, I know I'll get a good contract. I don't necessarily want to hear runway anymore, but, but there'll be money. Um, I know you're going to have these unbelievable facilities. I've heard about them for years and my gosh, now you're building this great one, Uh, the fan base support. And the reason why I still believe in, in sellout streaks, that fan base support is important, but also you have an opportunity to work for a football guy, Trev, and somebody that, you know, Trev already said, he's only going to hire someone that aligns with his goals. So, I mean, they'll take their time and make sure they, they hire the, the right person that aligns with what Trev wants there but Trev will give you ample opportunities and he'll work with you and everything that, I mean, there's a lot of really positive things that can be said there, you know, and yeah. And at the same time, he goes, every job has its advantages and disadvantages. Of course we, one of the toughest things about Nebraska is the recruiting. And and in fact, Joseph was one of the first persons when he came here, he was like compared to where he was at at LSU. Yeah. You just trip over people all over the place. You have to work hard at recruiting at Nebraska, but also to everyone's point here, we haven't been losing games because we haven't had the talent. That's nope. not been the issue for the last, we're not 16 and 31 because we haven't had the talent. We've been more talented more times than not in most of those games. And uh, so, yeah, you're going to have to work hard recruiting, but you also got to you know, work hard developing and, and game planning. And, and we got have, to have the right guy and, and staff to be able to make adjustments in games and do, do what it takes to, to win at this level.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, so I was looking at some of the national guys and I just, just got done listening to uh, Stuart Mandel and Bruce Feldman break this down a little bit. And and both of those guys thought that Scott Frost was an absolute home run hire to your point. Most national uh, writers did. I mean, you know, why why wouldn't you? Uh, Mm -hmm. It was a perfect fit. And so they're just as shocked as anyone else. Um, But they felt this was inevitable. Uh, And, you know, uh, Stuart Mandel has mentioned multiple times when he's had these conversations over the last year or so is that there's just no no reason that nebraska shouldn't be at the same level as a wisconsin or an iowa right now i mean yeah. absolutely no reason whatsoever they have the exact same recruiting disadvantages that we have essentially and without the same um you know you know and base or or facilities etc or commitment to the program um so there's no reason Nebraska can't get back to nine and three ten and two um and if the Big Ten West continues to exist win Big Ten West uh, division titles um mm-hmm. and you know and then to your point I mean we've been out recruiting the Big Ten West this entire time and we just haven't done anything with it we if we could find a, a coach that had that ability to develop a uh, talent and just maintain that top 25 type of uh, recruiting uh you know that could be a pretty competitive program pretty quick and it's just it's all the pieces need to, to come together you know mm-hmm. so i do think that um you know a lot of the names that i heard thrown out um are intriguing um and we have a lot of time to, to debate this right and obviously there is a huge name like an urban meyer that has baggage attached to it and is probably highly unlikely um but there's a lot of other existing college coaches or even nfl coaches matt rule for example is one that i've heard was thrown out um that could have uh the right the right level of interest and the right fit actually to do the job here matt campbell is one of those lance Leipold is one of those chris Kleiman is one of those um on down the line there's just so many names out there so i think compared to the last year if this would have happened last year to your point honky i think Right now, it seems like this is a better cycle for Nebraska to be competing for a pretty high-level coach, I think, that has proven that they've done it um, at, at, at other uh, universities. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, I think, And in, with the Big Ten money and all the other things that you say, I think that balance out any sort of disadvantage, right? It's just someone wants to take on the job.
3: So without getting into a specific person here, I'll ask a question kind of go around the room with this. I'll start with you, Rob. Is there but everyone here is there is are there is there one non-negotiable that has to happen in this hire for you whether it's the whether it's the coach himself or it's the staff, is there some non-negotiable that just it has to be present in what, what happens with this hire that is important to you? And Rob, I'll I'll start with you. Oh man, that's a that's a tough question. It um is. yeah, it really is a, a non-negotiable. Um <sighs> If, if, gotta, if someone else, I know it's a big question. I'm like,
1: I'm like, cause I don't even think about it because I mean, the non non-negotiable for me would be, you know, don't. And Trev already said, they're not going to do this. Don't just hire on a whim because it's the hot name that's out there right now. Mm-hmm. Like, You know, yeah. I want to see somebody with, with a long proven track record. And, and I think Boomer said this last night. And so I'm going to ride off of it. I mean, I want to see four or five years of proven success in a program that, in a program that um, you know, I don't want to say matters, but in a program that was in a competitive league or at least a competitive team that won its league at least like three three of those five years, right? Like I want to see a coach that knows how to win, who knows how to finish games. And for me, and so don't just rush to a hire because it's the big name. Sure. Like let's see, let's see a proven track record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Boomer.
3: Yeah. How about, how about you there?
4: Yeah, and that's exactly what I did. I I want to see somebody who's shown they can be that head coach. They can play the CEO role because head coaches have to do that. Um, they can also show they can manage a staff and you know can make changes if they need to. You know, I because that's something I think that's hurt a lot of our uh, coaching staffs here in the last you know several cycles. They've almost been too loyal in some cases and too afraid to make change when when it needed to be done. Um, maybe held on to some you know some people too long. I mean, that's happened. So, but, but basically, yeah, I, I want to see you have an express, you know, there's a resume I can look at that shows you're a successful head coach and you can win games, you know, whatever level it is, it can be a Mac team. It can be, you know, Sunbelt, it could be big 12, whatever it is, you know, show me that you can consistently win. It's not just a one year kind of flash with, you know, somebody else's recruits or something like that, that you're able to build and maintain and build that momentum that we've always talked about is so important that we've just never been able to get for decades here now we never never you seem to get things rolling but show me that you've been able to do that so at, at some level of you know preferably fbs level but even fcs something like that I, yeah that's what I, that's kind of what's non-negotiable for me mm-hmm. yeah,
2: yeah i think i think trev said this word in the press conference maybe more than once but um the guy's got to be a grinder right <laughs> someone who loves loves football loves coaching and it's going to put up a lot, it put in a lot of time. It doesn't have other hobbies. Doesn't have other hobbies. Yeah. He said that. I love that. You you gotta, gotta love it. And you gotta just really, really want it. Like it just, it's a, it like possesses you, right. That you just gotta, it just, what did he say? Like, you you know, that they hate to lose more than they like to win. Right. That's exactly, that's the guy. Right. And it's just someone with that type of mentality is exactly what we need uh, right now in this. And I think that's, that's, found someone like Osborne who just mm-hmm. just like he worked so hard right you know it's just like and it's it's not he also worked efficiently <laughs> he got yeah. so much done right I mean the guy was the head coach of the OC and he could do it for 25 years
3: you know we, when we had Osborne on at the very end we asked him that question about you know what did those coaches mean to you that you'd spend so much time with and right away I was hoping for this big sappy response but his immediate response was well you're right we spent a lot of time together we would get there at seven in the morning and Leave some nights at ten, you know, and that—that's the first thing he said. Because it's fifteen-hour days. It's you know, Bill Snyder was you know infamous for you know the the hundred and thirty-hour weeks that when Bob Stoops became a head coach, he, and he had worked for Snyder, he was like the hell of that. I'm not gonna, you know, we're gonna create ways to have family time in there. But um, but the the point of grinding and the point of Albert's wanting to hire someone that aligns with 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 him, because this is this has got to be a marriage, right? that's exactly what Alberts is. Alberts is the He's there.
2: He's present. He's there
3: present all the time. That was the, he was the opposite of Moose. When Moose got fired, it was Moose wasn't here enough. And we're going to hire a a, athletic director that's boots on the ground. I mean, he is going to be here and be present. And I think that's, that's a really good point. If I have a non-negotiable, I'm going to start with actually something I'll, I'm always willing to call myself out and be guilty of something I can remember a few years ago, and I said this to you last night, Dave, a few years ago, I made the reference of um, that, you know, if this doesn't work with, with Frost, it's just that, it, you know, it's not going to work here. You know, not, nothing's going to work here if we don't work with Frost. Because in my mind, what I was saying at that time was there's all these things that I, I wanted to see. I wanted to see walk-on programs and back to the bring back some of the 90s and all these, you know, historical things that, that Frost is going to do. And if that doesn't work, then nothing will work. And the reality is that's not right. Um, if frost doesn't work and it is now it's over, so it's proven it didn't work, then what will we do? We'll just, we'll move on to the next person. You said that on the first show we ever did, Dave, you were like, Nebraska fans will never let this thing die. We would just, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it. We'll move to the next one. So my non-negotiable, it's not that it has to be someone that has Nebraska experience. That's not a non-negotiable. I do think within the staff itself, whether it's the head coach or, or at least members of the staff, preferably a, a coordinator or two, I think it's really good that we get big 10 experience somewhere built into good that. Point. I think that's a, it's something I think we've just struggled with for the, the greater part of 10 years. There are times when I can remember when Carpellini Polini is gone for whatever reason. And there was opportunities like hire Ron Zook as a D coordinator, someone that had worked with a, uh, uh, Bo, you know, coach Bo, I think when he was at Ohio yeah. State, and we needed, we needed Big Ten experience, some guys that know the, the lay of the land and everything, and we've just never had that. So I would really like that to be a part of whatever the next staff is. And again, it doesn't have to be the head coach doesn't have to have it, but it it could be part of the plan of how do we, how, we just, we seem to be, it's like oil and water. What we want to do is so different from the other, other ones on the other teams, like just in our division, it's so different. And I'm okay with being different. I've always said, Hey, go get the mobile quarterback and let's, let's run option. Let's do things that Iowa and Minnesota and Wisconsin aren't doing, but you still got, you still got to win the line of scrimmage. You got to do the, You got to be tough. You got to do the fundamental things too. And you, why can't you do all that? Yeah. I watched the pay state yesterday. And I'm, I'm like, that's the yeah, offense no. I wanted to watch with Taylor Martinez. It's four years. Why in the world? Couldn't we do that here?
1: So, you know, honky, you said something in it, and it actually kind of made me giggle. And, uh, you know and you asked me last night like when did i really start paying like a lot of attention and like become like a you know hardcore husker fan and and like and and then i started tying in and when did i start drinking the Kool-Aid and you know who's to blame for all that he's sitting right here on my screen in the lower left-hand corner and that's dave because dave taught me like nebraska football attitude right like how nebraskans treat nebraska football and the respect to have for it right we used to walk around to other bars and like congratulate teams that beat us like at their bar in denver right like we'd go to a penn state bar and tell everyone hey great game that was a great game we talked football with these fans and Mm -hmm. you know he also taught me like well you know this is who our coach is so this is how we you know we need to support them you know what i mean and so and it's funny because even with the riley hire like dave kind of was just like I'm not sure that's our guy. And I was like, yeah, but think about all the great recruiting you can get out of California. Like I'm trying to like, you know, and I remember having that conversation with you, Dave. Like I remember exactly where in the giggling grizzly we were standing, having that conversation with the TV, like right up above us at the bar. And it's just funny to me because that's, you know, that's something that that Dave ingrained in my head, like kind of like, Hey, you know, if you're going to go on this ride with me, man, like I'm going to show you exactly how to drive this car, you know? And, and it, and it just and it just and and Dave is just reinforcing that now. It's kind of like, okay, now we're on to the next. We're not gonna let this die. Like whoever's there, like right now, Mickey Joseph is is not gonna lose another game for this team in my head. And <laughs> you know, damned our damn Damn our emailers who send us in stuff like, Yeah, if you could stop drinking the Kool Aid, that'd be great. Like sending us memes. Like and stuff. Gonna well, well you know what, buddy? You know what, buddy? I wish I had my Kool Aid jar right here because I'd pour me another glass. You know why? Because it's OU week. We have Mickey Joseph at the helm. He is zero and zero for his record. And he's got ideas. I heard Trev say he's got <laughs> ideas. All right. So we are going, we're finishing this season nine and Oh, that's it. 10 and two on the season.
3: I, I, I want to play one last video from Trev today. And I think this helps clarify if there's any questions was, were there any other moves made? Cause we had some people on Twitter saying the wrong guy was fired today. The DC, you know, shins should have been fired. All that. That's not Trev's job. Trev's job is to do what Trev did today. Um, Will there be any other changes? We didn't hear anything today, but this is what he had to say. Just Coach Frost.
0: Again, Mickey Joseph is the head coach, and uh, if he chooses to make some of those additional changes, uh, we will support those changes as well. But I am not aware of any of those that he anticipates at this time.
3: He made a point several times as an athletic director to say, I'm not meddling in that. That's not my job. The head coach is that's their job to take care of that. Um, I would throw that into the reasons why somebody might want to have a job here is that, you know, if, if an AD is willing to give you that room to, to be the, the coach and do what it takes to win, not be overbearing and, and making changes for you, that would be the, that's another one of those things you can put on a checklist of what I'd be looking for if I was you know a head coach of that, but in, in just in general, I mean, Nebraska is still the brand that Nebraska is. I'm still watching Fox today, you know, with NFL and seeing Nebraska-Oklahoma commercials all over the place and re- renewing the rivalry. And, and these coaches – most of these coaches understand the history of Nebraska and understand what it would mean to be the guy to get this thing turned around. Um, I mean, you're going to make money wherever you go. Now, the Big Ten and the SEC, you know, if you can get a job into one of those two conferences right now, it's a pretty good place to be. So – that's a that's a big selling point, but boy, if you can get to the Big Ten and you can get to a school like Nebraska and you can get Nebraska turned around, that would be a pretty good life for whoever that that person. Yeah,
2: is. yeah. It's not just the money, uh, and it, that money could be substantial if it's the right person. I don't think there's a dollar amount that that yep. will stop us, but that shouldn't be the reason to buy uh, to, to hire somebody. We could hire. Hired the right person for three million. I don't really care. Um, yep. but if it costs ten million, it costs ten million. Um, that's not really the point. But I think with the big ten is that's really interesting because I think there's there's stability there as well, right? I mean, I do think that someone like Matt Campbell or Chris Kleiman in mm-hmm. a big twelve that knows they don't have they don't have the the same sort of funding today they're not going to have it in 10 years either uh, they do have access to the playoff right now with the with the new expanded playoff and the commitment to having a uh, you know the six six conference champions regardless of what conferences uh, so they have access but they're not going to have the same sort of long-term stability that the Big Ten can offer and in, in Nebraska's case also um, from a recruiting perspective similar geographies I think Nebraska is going to continuously have a better NIL presence, especially the next few years as it's still a little bit of a wild west where if you would want to make this jump to Nebraska now, you could apply NIL uh, to the transfer portal and, and whatnot and really change the roster relatively quickly, much quicker than what you used to. So, um, you know, USC is, it's, it's, I think we've got a lot of good transfers in this year. They just, they're one and two, but I don't, I'm not, too unhappy having someone like uh, Anthony Grant or, or others in from, from other schools this year. Right. So Casey Thompson looks great. Um, so yeah, our offense was the not the problem last night. Let's, let's be clear on that at all. So. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: I will yeah. be curious to see what the play calling looks like next week though. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, and I will be yeah. curious to see what the defensive play calling looks like next week too. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be a very interesting, I mean, if, if Mickey's going to be making changes I feel like maybe that's some of the areas that Trev might have been alluding to. I hope it was. I mean, let's be honest. It was. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, let's let's be honest. And and I know for a fact too. And um, I mean, is what what are we going on to next day? This is your show. You 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 push the show narrative forward. So I mean, I don't know if there's anything you want to talk
2: about. I think maybe but, we could talk a little bit more about other potential coaching candidates if anybody has has mm-hmm. names that they've heard that are interesting but besides yeah. that i think we can probably it's wrap just, up we don't need yeah. it
1: yeah. it's just so hard to do like at this point because like i you know like, oh, it's fun rob it's,
2: you have to it is, you have it, is fun, it is right? fun
1: but i also like i don't want to be i don't want to be part of the problem where it's like you know mickey still has a job to do and you know yeah. what i mean and i don't, it's like, I don't oh.
2: think that's gonna it's not gonna cause M- mickey no
1: dave bars. he listens to the show all right i'm <laughs> telling you i guarantee his wife his wife is on here listening right now and and that'd be you, fine.
2: Priscilla can listen. to yeah, I know Priscilla it, can listen. It, it it doesn't doesn't impact Mickey at all because no, he's Trev, Trev. I think Trev is being completely honest with. with oh Mickey. yeah,
1: I I've never and, seen anybody so open about
2: exactly what it is your
1: expectations are. Right? Like yeah, I mean
2: Trev's laying out a process for hiring a new coach. Mickey Joseph is a part of that process, and he has an inside track to prove that he could do this at nebraska that no one else has and so he's going to take care of his business i'm not worried about mickey joseph i have also not worried that trev will have many conversations with many folks that he trusts within this industry at multiple levels um and and get a lot of important feedback and i'm sure he'll use that third party firm to handle a lot of the logistics and back and forth um i am not i'm not worried about how trev's going to handle this. it's, I heard some one of the podcasts says it's Trev with a t- capital T there at Nebraska. They, I mean, it's Trev, right? It's not going to be a hire by um, committee type approach like Tennessee or Auburn's had so many issues with. So um, I think that'll work out fine. But I think it, it is, it's intriguing to throw out names uh, because we're all going to be wrong we've done we've done this too many times right Hockey? Mm-hmm. how many times have we done yeah. a coaching search broadcast has never yeah. got it right We're so I'm not going to get it right yeah um, Husker
3: fans are way too good at, at coaching searches now you know that's that's become a real unfortunate thing growing up you know in the Osborne era and that was the whole point of, of Nebraska football was stability for all those years you know it's what we wanted with Frost we wanted Frost yeah. to be here for the next 20 years with with Alberts and and you'd have this unbelievable, you know, marriage between the two. It's just not gonna happen. But you said a word a few minutes ago, you said fun, and that this can help change the narrative. And I'll tell you that my dad texted you me. Can today dream. He, you know, well, my dad texted me today and he was like, Wow, what a bad, you know, what a bad weekend for the redcast that get press passes and you know how how unfortunate it is to, you know, all the bad things going on. And I responded, I go, This is to me, this was the best news for, for us as a show. It gave us something else to talk about, like it was painful. Yeah. And and look and 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 I don't want to I don't want to revise history and go back and say oh we should have fired Frost at the end of last year no I
2: I think it's this is actually the better time
3: I think we need we needed to go through the process and as painful as it is it's kind of the same thing like imagine we've we've talked about this what if Frost didn't come to Nebraska in 2017 instead he goes to you know Tennessee or Florida or Florida State goes there and probably has great success right. And, and then we hire somebody else and that somebody else doesn't succeed either. We would be kicking ourselves for all those years going, if we only would have got Scott Frost, that's, you know, only if we would have got Scott Frost, we would be winning national titles by year five. Well, you know, you have to go through the process. We got him. We went through, it. we gave him every opportunity. No one, no one's pushing him out too soon. Um, it had, what happened had to happen. And I was I was very pleased again, and not not surprised, but I was just very pleased with how Trev handled it today. I there's I respect Scott as a Nebraskan. I do treat it differently. Yes, absolutely. I absolutely. If anyone's like, oh, you wouldn't, we wouldn't treat, you know, we wouldn't give Riley this many chances. We wouldn't give Callen. You're right, we wouldn't. I mean, Scott is a native-born, you know, national championship-winning quarterback. Here, we gave him all the opportunities that you know and chances that we can get. Now we have another quarterback, former quarterback at Nebraska that's going to take the reins for at least the next nine games. And all I want to do as a fan right now is let's have some fun. Let's cheer these guys on like crazy. Let's yeah. sell out that stadium every single game. I, I, I can tell you I'm going to be in my seats every single game. And uh, and that, that sellout streak seems to me – it seems to, to irritate others outside the fan base more than anything where they they want to, you know, not validate it, but you know what it means? It means a lot to me. And, and it's something I don't want to see go away. And I want, I want it to be there for the next coach to take over and, and go, you know, take that into the next generation.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think this goes back to the whole idea of closure. Amy Devlin said, mm-hmm. yep, we need to see it all needed to see it all play out pain and all. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, the fan base uh can rally around this team now actually that was not gonna happen over the next three weeks and and I think if you I mean I I was listening to some of the national guys and they this is before the the Alberts press conference even and and uh, I think it was Andy Staples and Ari Wasserman like I'm sure they had to negotiate a buyout there's no way they're gonna pay a whole extra seven and a half million just for for three weeks you know and I'm like nope no, they definitely they won't get paid it. seven and a half million, hey, and it's because uh, because it. of this. Because I think we the fan base was going to just get more and more diverse of and depressed practically over the next month. If if and and I think the rally around this team now and around the program and the fandom that we have and uh, apply to keeping the, the, the sellout streak alive and hopefully supporting this team through a few surprising victories would be really cathartic. And at the same time, we can dream about uh, maybe the potential of a, a new head coach that um, is the one that will help us get to where we want to go. Mm-hmm.
1: Nebraska's the Lannisters of the college football world. They honor their debts. Lannister always pays their debts, Right. I mean, I, that's yeah, – Honky does not means. get that reference at all, but I know <laughs> I that – Yeah, yeah, um, but that's but, okay. You
3: know, last night's game, I mean, we had very different experiences there. Rob and I are, were with our respective wives sitting in our seats, but you guys were up there in the press box. And I can tell you, you know, being down there in the stands and walking out and our area – towards the end kind of cleared out a little bit, even before the, the last couple drives, which it was, it's disappointing to me because the game was close and everything, but I, I also get it. I understand it. But the second it got done, um, you know, you just hear, it, it, there weren't booze. People weren't shouting, you know, the, get this guy off the field. He's terrible. They weren't saying anything like that, but they were just, I heard a couple of people just almost under their breath. They're like, well, there'll be a press conference tomorrow. Well, you know, or, Something's good, you know, something better changed and that kind of thing. And I think that's kind of where Husker Nation was. It's just, it needed this closure is a big word. We needed to move on. I think Frost, this is better for him. (laughs) Honestly, I think he just looked miserable and it is what it is. And, and, you know, can we all get fired and and have a nice, you know, few million dollars come our way too. I mean, that's all, that's all. So
1: my wife and I had made our way down to the field. Cause I didn't realize that that concourse area was open. Right. I thought I was like, wow, there's like no security. Even they've given up, you know what I mean? Like, and so we walked down there to watch the end of the game and we were standing in front of like the Georgia Southern fans. And there was this kid in a Nebraska shirt. And as soon as the field goal like missed left, I think it was, it's hard to tell the angle from where we were standing, but as soon as the field goal missed, this kid takes his shirt off, flips it over inside out. And it already says, fire scott frost now and i was just like oh, oh. my god like oh, like no. right after the game ended like right as oh. the last whistle and it was like i mean this kid had to still be going to school there you know what i mean he was sure. like oh there great. were
3: some yeah there were and, some
1: students that were saying yelling yeah and, and, and but but i mean you want to talk about like it, it was in my my wife gave some good perspective she's like you know on a cool note like we were talking about it she's like i got to see scott Frost's final game as a coach She's like, I got to, you know, like go to a historic game. She's like, I'll never forget this game. It's the first time we've ever lost, you know, a game where they scored thirty-five points, like at home, right?
4: Like,
3: you know, it's like this is I tried she's watching our so text messages when and Dave. Last night you said yeah. some stat, Rob, and it was something about yeah. like, you know, when's well, I was the like, last there's
1: a, I couldn't remember what the stat was. I was like, it's like, so some I went stat through, out there for 35 points at home. Like I knew yeah, it was so like, I went
3: through my, I mean, I went through every single season in my head and every, every imaginable year. And I was like, I can't come up with a season. And then Dave sends me the text. What was the text, Dave?
2: I, I read in a, at least a couple articles today that uh, the stat was 214 to you know that Nebraska had never lost a home game after scoring 35 points in the 100 years of Memorial Stadium. Yeah, so, so my wife's was like, explained. that's
1: cool. I got to see history. And I was just like, that's not the history. I I've want seen too know? much history. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, but this she doesn't of... care about football. And that's okay. And like, we had a great time. I, that was so Rob,
2: we, we had a really Rob, good time yeah so as a footnote and hockey you can say this and Boomer probably too I mean I was at both because of the Akron lightning uh, storm yeah. I was at both Scott Frost's first game the Oregon or the Colorado game excuse me and then the the, the last I game I was too I think we were all
1: there at those games together that's crazy yeah
2: no well,
4: guys. it was technically a kickoff in that Akron game Dave so the game technically did get played you know as, as Akron's uh, contract negotiator there was we'll, no we'll result you know. yeah
3: no, no result,
4: but the game did happen, so that's why we paid Akron mm. for that. And I was bit. present for that, though. So yeah.
3: <laughs> well, we we've paid for a number of things. Um, I, you know, this is this is kind of a neat moment for us right now. We I see over over a hundred people 100 right people now that much. are live with us. Thank you so much, Redcasters, for uh, for being along with us. I think Dave made a great point in his parting shot last night, standing on the field. Uh, where he was like, you know, we're in this together, the fans. And, and, and Boomer, you and I kind of said the same thing, too, where it's like the fans are – the fan base is what's going to get us through all this, and it's a community. And so to be standing – or sitting here right now and talking with with my community, which is you four guys and Mac and Producer Skip and Swoves, that's our community of Redcast. But then all of you are Redcast Nation, everyone that's, that's following along and writing in, and to have over 100 of you watching live right now, this is community for us. This is – you know – nobody wanted this moment. I I think Trev hit that a number of times. This is not the day he he did not want to come in here and have to do this. And he wanted everything possible to not have this be the outcome. But I I love the, the idea with all of you watching right now. I mean, what, what is, how are you feeling right now? I mean, Boomer, there's some, some comments, you know, I, I want to hear from, you know, from Redcast Nation, what you're feeling and you know, what, what are your hopes? I mean, is this, what do you, what are your hopes for the remainder of this year? I mean, that's the thing. we got – this is – we're 25% of the season done. We still have many more There's nine more games. games. Actually,
1: there's ten games it's, left. They're going to make it the,
3: bowl. There are NFL teams that haven't what kicked about off the their season. Rob? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Well, that's, that's, yeah. There's there's NFL teams that have not okay, kicked the off their season wide open. Yet. Yeah. The NFL hasn't kicked off their season for some teams, and we've already fired our coach. That's how early this is, and it's unique. It's different. We've We've never fired a coach like this at this point. And yet, I think everyone kind of universally agrees. Yeah, this was the right time, even if you're the biggest frost supporter. So, I just I think it's it's a good thing for the community to kind of get together and and you know we can we can lean on each other. And I want I you know I want that stadium full the next five games at home. I absolutely do.
1: Yeah, we gotta we gotta do a sometime like do a show where we get the wives on here to talk about like how you know much support we get from them for all this too, at some point, you know, it's yeah. My, my <laughs>
2: wife did uh comment and let me know that I was there. The first and the last. So thanks Katie. I
1: appreciate that. And, and so I know Katie pretty get- well. And that is definitely the most, one of the most Katie things it, to, to point out. right
2: there. Yeah. <laughs> like so is. let's look at, I mean, some of the other comments and we just want to talk about, maybe uh, some of the coaches have been quite a bit of banner on, on the plus and, mice of, plus and minuses of urban Meyer, but I'll let that go. Uh, someone mentioned Mark Stoops. Um, you know, and that's that's an intriguing idea because he's doing great stuff there at Kentucky. Uh, but he's also, I got like a lifetime contract at Kentucky. I mean, he, he's going to have a statue built down there because they've never thought they could win ten games, let alone. So I don't know if he <laughs> wants to take that on. But I mean, in other might other build enough, somebody's Bob statue Stoops, for ten wins now too, Dave. So yeah. Bob you Stoops was also stone. mentioned, and um, uh, I don't I don't think Bob's coming back. I, that's just my opinion. And uh, it, you need a grinder, and I don't think Bob Stoops is a grinder at this point although it'd be a splash higher. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, I've heard Lane Kiffin thrown out. Lane was born in Lincoln uh, and likes to move around. You never know. <laughs> um, anybody else have any other names? I'm tired. No, you heard? know what,
1: man? I am over former Raiders head coaches coaching <laughs> Nebraska, okay? Like, ser- seriously, Bill Cal- Callahan ruined my football life for the last 20 years.
2: What if Bill Callahan came back as just the offensive line coach?
1: Well, I mean, that's fine. I think he's been the offensive line coach for the Raiders since then, too, at some point, too. I mean, as long as we don't have to see him or hear from him in any press conferences, Bill Callahan is welcome anywhere around me. All right? I just never as a head coach again.
4: Yeah. yeah I've seen that Ed uh, would check some of the boxes that, like, Honky and Rob mentioned. Uh, Dave Doran from uh, NC State. Yeah. He was a D coordinator in Wisconsin for a while. I think he put it Kansas or Kansas State, if I remember right. You know, And then he was like at, in the
2: MAC. Yeah, he's in uh, Mack, Illinois,
4: Illinois, succeeded there, and he's—I think he's seven and nine for winning seasons. And his current offensive coordinator is Tim Beck, so he can bring him along and well, it can all time full circle. And John Garrison.
3: Garrison's yeah. the offensive line coach there.
4: Yeah, perfect. So there it is. So yeah. I,
2: I, that's not a not a bad idea at all, Boomer. That's that's a good name mm-hmm. to keep track of. Because he's I, I I like probably hit the, a ceiling there, at NC State. I mean, maybe this year even. I would think so. Um, yeah. yeah.
3: Especially with the ACC being what it is. I mean, yeah. That's true too. That's one of those, you know, ACC to Big Ten kind of upgrades for uh, for a coaching staff right now. I, I think Lance Leipold. I, I, I like. I, I've liked him for a long time. And he's had success to Boomer's point at a multiple levels. He he fits a little bit of the bill of having the Nebraska background. Not that that's uh, a requirement, but that would be a nice to have if if it matches all the other things. Um, Luke Fickle to me is if there was the closest thing to a home yeah. run hit. I think Luke Fickle would be it. I think he you're matches right. matches the Big Ten background, the Big Ten, you know, area, Perfect. and um, and has had success at a very high level now,
2: uh, running a program. Would you give Luke Fickle like eight to ten million dollars a year and a clause in his contract that that he can only de- he would depart uh, without any sort of a buyout for Ohio State because he, that's like his dream job, right?
3: yeah so that you're you know what um i guess yeah i mean if if somebody is doing so well here that ohio state wants wants them cuz that yes. was a concern with pelini hey yeah. pelini might go to ohio state that would be his dream job well pelini wasn't going to get offered it <laughs> so yeah. i mean because of what pelini was doing here now if if our coach is going 12 and 0 and then all of a sudden you know Uh, He has to have a Rory Williams kind of decision, you know, back in the day at Kansas and the only school I'll leave is to to go to UNC. Well, you know, he turned it down once and then kept it again. I think uh, all Nebraskans will take that issue of our coach getting hired by Ohio state because he's doing so well and that he wants to go home right now. Our coaches aren't leaving under those terms. Our coaches are leaving because of Firings and we're paying, and as far as like payouts and all that stuff, I mean, we're we're well too aware and over the last yeah. fifteen years of paying out anyways and not getting the goods. So yeah, but I just I don't want, to want say- Nebraska
1: to be a resume builder for for coaches. You know what I mean? Well, like, no, oh, no, look no, how no, good no, I did here. Let's go somewhere else. That, that, that's you know? not like, what that's
3: not what we're talking about here, though. What? Fickle, the, it, fickle doesn't come to fickle doesn't need a resume builder to go to Ohio State. It's just yeah, he just needs he needs an opening. What Nebraska needs is a guy who's going to come here and win, and we'll deal with anything else later. Um, and so, uh,
2: that's right.
3: I, I think that Fickle would be a, a, an outstanding candidate for it. I've heard about Campbell too, and I think you know. Again, sometimes you know there's a recency bias of this weekend. It's really good to be a Matt Campbell fan. I mean, he finally <laughs> got the, the the monkey off the back against Iowa, and you know, and uh, you know, losing every year to Farren. So, I mean, that's that's one step. You know, last night's game. <laughs> The way it ended up, I mean, all these like great sayings that you, you can't say when you lose. Like I was like I was like I think Nebraska's defense is so bad, Iowa can score double digits on us, you know. And, and then you, you lose the game. And it's like oh, I don't even want to say that. <laughs> you know? um, you just said it, Hunky. Well, I just said it now, but yeah. I mean, a day has gone by, and that's a coach ago, Rob. Stop living in <laughs> the past. I mean, ouch. We've, Too we've soon. Had, we've Too had so soon. many changes. So <laughs> Um, oh, but Fickle, Campbell, Leipold, I love the Boomer's suggestion too with the NC State guys. Uh, that's an interesting one. Dave, I mean, you you kind of get into all this. I mean, who, who's someone that you're really – you'd be high on?
2: Yeah, no, we've named named most of them. Uh, you know, ones that we maybe haven't said yet. Bill O'Brien would be someone mm-hmm. that has coached the Big Ten in mm-hmm. a very difficult circumstance oh, at Penn yeah. State and, and did better than anyone expected. And he was actually an okay coach. Uh, for the Houston Texans. He was not good in the the uh, player personnel uh, scenario. He, he didn't manage his roster very well. So cool. I want to yeah, think through that. Then, you know, he's got two years in the Saban system. So if you want – if Trevor likes someone who is going to bring a process, Bill O'Brien would bring the Saban process, right? And we have seen Saban assistants now have uh, more and more success on their own. Uh, so, I mean, two of them have national championships to their, their credit. So uh, that would be intriguing. How about is
3: there any sitting head coach out there that would be totally unexpected? Um, Maybe a Big Ten coach somewhere. Is there somebody that you think that we, if I threw out, you know, uh, Pat Fitzgerald, if I threw out Mel Tucker, if I, you know, threw out just throwing out some names, is there somebody, you know, Brian Kelly? I'm sure he's ready to get out of there.
2: Yeah, Pete (laughs) Dable,
4: bring him over, start rowing the boat in Lincoln. Yeah, yeah
2: Pete Sammel <laughs> threw out PJ Fleck and uh, Brett Bielema as two potential options. Um, yeah, I don't know, maybe, but I don't think that would excite the fan base all that much. Um, I don't know. But PJ they would win. Would who cares, great. right? I mean, Trev says he's not winning the press conference. So if they checked all the boxes off and they clearly would know how to be winning in the Big Ten West, um, I, I, I could see that. Um, I would get yeah. behind them if they won, but I would be a little skeptical initially. How different will you be? I, I, I'm I'm
3: asking this to myself too. How different are you the next time this new person gets hired? It's not about the hype or everything, but like, I feel like I've changed as a fan where I'm like the whole prove it. And I need to see it. I, I feel like, you know, we, we can make the greatest hired Luke fickle can be the next head coach. And he's the guy I said would be on top of my list. And if he comes yep. here, I feel like I'd be so much more tempered this time around versus, Oh it's you know now we got him. Oh, you know and and where I'm getting more at is that okay, let's say it is fickle. We we hire fickle. You're going to see it on the Twitter world, you're going to see oh now you know Big 10 teams are running for cover and all this stuff and it's like
2: I want none of that right now.
3: I mean Yeah. You know. Yeah.
2: I hear you. Yeah, I don't know. I mean it, every situation's different, right? I mean it felt like after the the Riley Last year, the Riley regime was tough because after I-Course was fired, it seemed inevitable again for, for weeks, if not months, I guess. And so in this case, at least we don't have that scenario, right? Yeah. Um, we can we can kind of move on and turn the page and, and try to focus on just winning the, as many games as we can and, and hire the right coach. And, but the, the Riley roster – you know, there's a lot of attrition afterwards. There's so much focus on recruiting with Riley, but he never really delivered. Um, if you look at Nebraska's recruiting recruiting classes between Pellini, Riley, and and Frost, Riley had like the, the biggest hiccup, I believe, of of all of them in the, in a class. So it was it felt like the runway was necessary for Frost. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I'm wrong on this, but it doesn't feel like the runway is necessary. There's something about the culture that needs to shift. You know, I I barely maybe, Rob, you might have saw this, but O'Shawn Mathis, I think I interviewed outside uh, the the complex today, and he was talking about the culture shift that needs to happen. And and I think I think that's exactly right is that you just need a coach who could take these guys. You do need to infuse some talent in some certain spots, but I think a culture shift is necessary because these guys are better than what they actually are playing. So
1: one of the, one of the cool things about doing this podcast with you guys that, that I've got to experience the last got six to eight months, um, is some of the relationships that I've gotten to build with the people that I talk to because, you know, I don't just interview a lot of people and that, that ends it right. Like I continue to talk with people and they like, will like text me or, or call me and just talk to me. Um, you know, Teddy Doman still like, lets me know how her son is doing in the NFL right now. And it, it's really cool. She's so proud of her son. Um, she should be yeah. I got a I got a phone call today on the ride home from um, Oshan's mom you know I did an interview with her and um, excuse me if I start getting choked up because she was in tears and she said that Oshan called her in tears because she felt like like he let Frost down and I mean and I get it and, and I don't want to get into all the like optics of it that is you know I just want to say that's how he felt. And he felt like, you know, the whole team. And, and the, what she told me is just the team was just crushed because they, none of them wanted this for him, right? Like they yeah. love no, this Like, and he, and to a lot of these guys, he's like he's like a father, you know, and he's like family, you know. And I think it's really hard when when something like this happens from a fan perspective. We look at things and we just look at it from the fan perspective. But there's like this entire human element that goes on behind it. And I talked to Oshana for God, probably 20 minutes in the car with my wife there, you know, like sitting there, she's on Bluetooth speaker. And it was like, it was heartbreaking, man, because even the parents of this kid, you know, is feeling this connection with the coach and talking about, and she was just like, I don't know who's going to take over. And I was like, well, and I was letting her know it was Mickey. And she's like, oh my God, that is great. Because if there was anybody on the team that she'd want to see take over, it was him because he was like the next guy in line that everybody looked at as being, you know, like a fatherly figure, a leader for this team. And I just think that that's just – something yeah. that we need to take away from it. You know what I mean? No, like and just remember, not. you know, yeah, there's, and, there's... you know, and those people see what people tweet. They, they see what people oh. say and, and, and it's just, and it, and it's, and it, and like to just hear it from like the mother of a player, it was, it was heartbreaking. I was actually crying in the car with my wife. So, <laughs> well, I mean, and I know that uh, sounds quite weird, a bit. but I, but I'm a crier. I'm a hugger. I'm a yeah. crier. So, you know what I mean, mean? That's, that's, yeah, no, is, Rob, you Rob know. I, I
2: I think it's true. I mean, that's it's always good to remind everyone the the personal impacts this has, and you know, I mean, it. This is a, a tough business. Scott Frost knew it was a tough business. Yeah, his family, uh, his family is impacted by this significantly. Absolutely. Um, and uh, you know, he, uh, you know, there's a lot of connections that are impacted. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. Carol was there last night. Scott's mom was there last night, being uh, you know, presented an award. Uh,
2: yep. uh, from from yep.
3: Trev, you know, at, between I'm, one I'm and a race.
2: distant... I'm a distant cousin to Scott Frost. This does, does not bring me any joy to talk about this whatsoever because the, I mean, his success and, and his mother's success is a point of pride for my family for years. So there's mm-hmm. nothing exciting about this for me. I, I, of anybody, I wanted it to work out. It just, we all can acknowledge that it it, it didn't.
3: You know, and with the purpose. the culture, you know, talk there at the very least, one thing for the players, I know they're, I know they're given the effort. I mean, I watched, if you watched there was video last night, I saw on Twitter, as uh, one of the guys uh, posted it and it was Ty Robinson on the sideline. And I mean, he's very emotional, very emotional with the team. Um, it's not a lack of effort. I think it, it literally, there's, there's a leadership element that needed to be changed that some of it can be the tactics of some X's and O's uh, the, the verbiage that uh, Trev uses is that a new voice was probably needed. And, And hopefully, I mean, if the culture, you know, the effort stays up, that's the that's the thing. When you go back to the 2017 season, when I say that was the worst football I ever saw, it was just a team that gave up. I I didn't see a team giving up in any of these three games. They're just they just at times look lost. And that's that's an indictment on the coaching. Um, I do want to bring up one thing here, Dave. And this is because you mentioned something about the talent and what you know, what a new coach would walk into. Think of the changes that have happened since the last time we've had to go through a coaching change. When Frost is getting hired in November slash December of 2017, that's the first year of an early signing period. Never happened before. So the stories of Frost flying cross-country from UCF (laughs) practice to – California to get this high school kid named Adrian Martinez to come there. And then him throwing up literally, I remember the stories of him throwing up from flying back and forth, like 12 hours and going to practice and not sleeping and all that. Like that was a guy that was grinding. I mean, that was, that's what Scott was bringing on, on day one, but, uh, loves but, his throwing up and <laughs> loves the throwing up. Right. But what <laughs> else has changed since then? NIL transfer portal, the way that you build a team is, is fundamentally different and, and can change so much quicker and so much different now than it than it did just 5 years ago when we went through this the last time. So that new coach has to have a plan for what they want to do with the roster. They want they have to have a plan for how they can get it in there, but but it, it all comes back to why would a coach want to come to Nebraska? Well, geez, if you want to use NIL to help you with your your portal, we're not a bad place to go. We've got the finances, we've got the facilities and and again, the facilities that you know yesterday we were we were hanging out with Tyler Kai again, the associate athletic director that Um, and I mean, he's been on the show before and he's told us all about what's going to go into that new facility. And we already have really good facilities. They're good. They're good. This is going to be, this will take us to to the next level too. And that's what the next coach gets to walk into on day one. It doesn't guarantee a success, but it just means that that's. One less thing that that person has to come in and deal with. You're not having to come into fundraise to build facilities that don't exist. That's things that Matt Campbell had to do going into Iowa state. That's things that certain coaches have to do when they've gone there. This stuff, it, it's pre-built here. The fan, you don't have to drum up support from the fan base. It's pre-built. They're, they're showing up. We, we just, we more than ever. Now it is about, we need to see a winner and, and really have a winning, you have to have a winning strategy, a winning plan. I mean, that when tough uh win the line of scrimmage fundamental things to win games process driven those are the words that frost used, and i i guess i would support that and if we see some guy that comes in here and 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 it, it doesn't match that it's somebody that we're throwing it 70 times a game because we're the the leading passing team in the country a lot of times those teams aren't winning the line of scrimmage now, already there'd be a disconnect so that's what nope.
2: i'm hoping for yeah absolutely all right, guys. Well, uh, great conversation here. We're well over an hour. Um, guys, you have any anything else before we get to parting shots? I don't know. All right. Let's let's get out of here. Let's start with Rob. Um,
1: You know, it's a it's a new day for Nebraska football. That's there's there's no other way to look at it. We there's no point. And looking back, I think we've done a really good job tonight of, like, talking about it, whether we're working through our feelings, whatever it was. I was laying on my back on the floor last night with my feet up in the air and a and a drink in my hand, all right? This, this team finally led me to drink. And, you know, I just – I'm excited to move forward and at least, you know, just see how this team reacts to – this situation and how they come out against Oklahoma and how they finish the season. And quite frankly, that's all I care about at this point, moving forward. And I just, you know, let's talk some football tomorrow night and the upcoming games. Oklahoma week. It's Oklahoma Oklahoma week, baby. Yeah. Go be red. Boomer.
4: Now about the same, uh, you know, my relationship with coaches has always been more transactional than anything, you know, I basically have two standards for coaches, you know, don't do anything that embarrasses the university. And we've had good luck with that really without most of our coaches, you know, they haven't done anything, you know, too tarnishing to the, to the reputation of the school or any horrendous scandals or anything like that. And then the second one is win games. And of course we just haven't had much luck with that. So, you know, it's time to move on. It's time to move on. And we're resetting here against Oklahoma and that's still an, a fun game. It can be a fun week. So let's make that happen. We'll talk more about that tomorrow.
2: Yeah, if anything, a lot of memories, that's for certain. All right, Hawk, get us out of here.
3: Uh, well, I have several. Uh, number one, uh, uh, the weekend was amazing. Again, I just want to highlight it again because it feels like it was such a downer after the loss, but to be able to go live on Friday at Hill Varsity Club, to have all you guys down here, to really get the group together, it, was, it reinvigorated me just with the show and to get to hang out with everyone. And then I, I can only imagine what it's like for you, you and Rob, Dave, to, to be driving back today and having all this stuff going on while you're on the road, but you guys hustled back. And then Gee, she got on again to do another night worth. So, I mean, this is three straight nights of shows and we're doing another one tomorrow to do OU, but that's cause it's OU week. I'm going to keep pushing this. And so all the people that are following along, um, uh, we did a bunch of, we did, uh, some OU shows with Mike Babcock earlier back in July that I'm going to be pushing them out again. But if you haven't had a chance to see him, it's a whole history of Oklahoma and Nebraska, the series, it is a 2-hour long show and then a bunch of segments that I did that we broke them into the Osborne years and the era and you know the early years the modern era and uh really proud of that so take a look at that if if you get a chance um and then uh you know last but not least something that uh, I don't I don't want to just gloss over um Mickey Joseph was the first African American head football coach at Nebraska never in, in any sport and so That is something that it should be celebrated in that sense. And it's something, hopefully, it's the first of many, uh, you know, in the future here, because it seems like it's kind of a crazy thing that crazy stat that it's taken that long. But um, all I can say is we are going to be as supportive of Mickey Joseph now that he's the head coach as we were behind, you know, Frost, as we've been behind uh, Alberts and being the athletic director. It's not just, it's not just this Kool Aid thing that we just, Uh, you know, we just agree with absolutely everything that goes on. That's never the case. I mean, we challenge and we'll be critical when it's time to be critical, but we also don't want to be something that we don't want to be a podcast or or fans that make it harder on our, our staff to, to have success either. And we don't need to throw extra arrows at these guys to Rob's point there about, about, you know, getting his call, getting the call from O'Shan's mom. I mean, there's a lot of pressure that all of these players and, and, coaches and the parents of the players and you you go down the list and trev they all feel this pressure um and it goes back to what we talked about as being fans last week if you're doing are you doing something that's being helpful or not and we we've got all kinds of thoughts we could have gone last night and we could have said yeah F- frost needs to be fired now this is ridiculous We you know we could go off on all that stuff we just didn't think it was helpful we trusted yep. in trev that he was going to take care of whatever whenever he was going to do it he was going to do it and um, I guess that's just, again, I'm going to go back to that's how I'm going to fan. So that might be my record for the longest uh, parting shot, but uh, I'm done.
2: A good one, though.
3: Honk. Thank you. One. All
2: right, guys. Uh, a good show. Not one that we wanted to do, but it uh, had to be done. And that's what we're here for. For now, let's call that a Go Big Redcast. Go Big Red.
3: GBR. GBR.